you are listening to the wild soul podcast a podcast for the wild ones join me your host queen namaste as we embark on a journey to find our true north and our own unique path from wild inspired conversations to searching for life's hidden gems and meanings with a little dash of crazy in between because really who doesn't want to dance to the beat of their own drum Hey, soul fam, beautiful beings of light. Welcome to the Wild Soul Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the podcast where we talk about all things wild. My name is Queen Namaste, and I interview amazing people from around the world who are lifting and shifting the consciousness of this planet. If it is your first time, welcome to the show. So grateful to have you on. And if you are a returning subscriber, what's up? Love you so much. Thank you for the love and support. So much gratitude. And if you like the contents of today's episode, please feel free to take a screenshot of the episode, put it on your social media platforms and tag at the Wild Soul Podcast. Please share this podcast so more ears can hear what conversations are being talked about and sharing is caring. I would love if you could leave a review or like, or subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed it. So thank you so very much in advance. And I wanted to give a quick little belated Valentine's Day shout out to all my listeners as it was Valentine's Day this past weekend. So big virtual hugs to all of you if you were alone on Valentine's Day or didn't have a Valentine. P.S. We're never really alone, so don't sweat it. Um, I've allowed this day to mean more of self-love, than anything over the past few years, uh, just a day for me to love myself more, give myself what I need because uh, if you're looking for that through other people, you're never going to find it. You got to fill up your cup first. I've said this a million times on this podcast, but it is so true. Love yourself first and then it makes loving others so much easier. And we talk a little bit about that self-love today and um, our journey actually with mushroom psilocybin and how my journey and my guest's journey has really helped us love ourselves more and helped us with our addictions and what mushrooms are really doing in the arena of mental health and how they can help humans. So today on the Wild Soul Podcast, I have a dear friend, Joe, who shares his journey and story with this magical fungi and we talk about the brand in the space and the new paradigm shift or the renaissance of mushrooms that I believe are happening at a rapid pace and it's such an exciting time to be alive in this space right now. So let's get right into this episode. I learned so much and I hope you enjoy it and learn something too. Joe, welcome to the Wild Soul Podcast. Hi. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. I always ask this question to my guests. First question out of the gates, who are you? I am a stream of consciousness that is here in this material world now. <laughs> Just an intro from your last guest, Dan. <laughs> I thought was so amazing. Wasn't he great? Shout out to Daniel. Daniel, my brother, you are 
consciousness to me and you apparently too. I'm a, I'm just a dude here in California, uh, East Coast transplant. And um, yeah, just a happy guy spreading love and positivity and uh, trying to just take it one day at a time. One day at a time, the next 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we're talking about um, a subject today that is, I guess, kind of, it's very ancient, but more so new in this day and age. People are talking a lot about it in this time and place, um, and that is mushrooms. Yes. Mushrooms. Mushrooms. Um, yeah, I have a little bit of experience with mushrooms. I've spoken in my last a couple episodes I don't know how far back about how they really helped me through last year. So I'm really excited to dive into this topic because you seem to know quite a bit of info on them. So before we start talking about them, how are you qualified, Joe, to speak on the topic? Oh, wow. Well, um, yeah, so mushrooms, definitely an exciting topic. Um, They've definitely come into the news prominent prominence uh, as of late. And, um, yeah, why am I qualified? Well, I mean, from a personal perspective, uh, I've had some journeys over the years. I started, you know, very recreationally in college, uh, eating psychedelic mushrooms and having uh, experiences with friends and, uh, just the, the mind expansion and, uh, seeing things from a different perspective. I remember my first trip and it just really, Opened my eyes to what lies beyond um, what oh, our five. Your first trip, sorry. Oh, um, I guess probably like nineteen or twenty. I was, uh, I was on break a freshman year of college. I had a nice little journey with my high school buddies when I came back for a visitation. So. Oh, nice. And was that when when you were that age? Did you do it as a party thing, or did you know about the ceremonial use of it? Uh, I didn't know anything about anything until, you know, we were in my bud- my buddy's parents' uh, camper trailer and all of a sudden these mushrooms started to get handed out and uh, I kind of knew it was what they were, but I didn't know what the effect was going to be. So, uh, you know, I was a complete noob virgin to psychedelics and I just, you know, took the leap of faith and uh, yeah, I just had an amazing experience with some close friends and it was kind of like... Uh, Almost like, um, you know, a stand by me type of thing. The old movie Stand By Me, where, you know, the kids have a coming age of age experience. And um, it was amazing. Awesome. So we had a great trip because a lot of people are like scared of mushrooms because what they've been told, they're like, oh, it's scary. It's bad. But you had the opposite effect. You had this enlightening moment with your buds. Totally. Yeah. And then I think it was just because I went in just raw, right? And I, I could have had no expectations. So, um, and I was in a safe place with people that I knew and uh, it was in the middle of the night. So there was no other like sober civilians around to, you know, distract. And uh, so, yeah, my first experience was amazing. And, you know, from there, I really became intrigued with psychedelics and mind expansion and altered consciousness. And, um, you know, that took me down some bad paths with some what I like to call non-beneficial substances, um, which altered my life in pretty bad ways. Luckily, I am um, not using those substances today. 
but um, the psychedelics offered a little different perspective. And I always kind of knew that there was some healing, um, you know, mission that was kind of going on with these things. Um, and then I had a chance a few years ago over in Bali to do some shaman led experiences that were very much along the lines of self-discovery and healing. And I think, you know, that's when it really kind of came full circle that uh, there's some power in these special substances. <laughs> Shamanic experience. Shamans. Do you want to say a little something about that? Like, what was that like for people? Oh. I don't know what that is. Okay. So, well, let me, let me take it back a little bit. So yeah, had a couple of really good experiences with psychedelics, mushrooms, LSD, mescaline, um, mostly concerts, recreational, but I always knew that there was something to these specifically the mushrooms, because whenever I was on them, um, I, I knew, you know, things would come up that were kind of buried deep in my psyche, whether it was like fear or uncertainty or shame or guilt or something that I was dealing with that I was basically like just pushing down and maybe even pushing away with other substances like alcohol or actions, you know, that um, to, to not have to deal with these. And so whenever I was, you know, on mushrooms, uh, those things that kind of had been pushed down into the recesses of my psyche would come up and they would come right to the forefront and I would have to address them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there was some apprehension at times because I was like, oh boy, I don't know if I'm really ready to deal with these things right now. But, um, you know, I, I, it was, it was just very, it was interesting to me that, um, you know, it was like, no, dude, you got to deal with this shit. You know, you're not going to have a good time until you do. So I always knew there was a therapeutic benefit to these. And then um, I had done a few Vipassana sittings, uh, meditation sittings while I was in Indonesia uh, back in 2017, 2018. And uh, I met a woman there who was a shaman and uh, they invited me to this ceremony. I had no idea what was going on. I was coming out of a, at this point, I did a 10 day Vipassana sitting and I did a three day Vipassana sitting. And when I came out of the three day, um, some of the Lithuanian group that I uh, had met during the first sitting said, hey, do you want to be a part of the ceremony with Egla? And Egla is a Lithuanian shaman. And I said, yeah, sounds great. Let's do it. I had no idea what was going on. So I said, cool, let's meet at a cafe in two days and we can brief you. And I'm like, all right, awesome. So I showed up and they said, oh yeah, this is a mushroom ceremony. It's similar to ayahuasca, but it's a little, it's a softer, gentler way to get through the gate into the five dimensional world. And I said, ooh, this sounds cool. So, uh, you know, they, she, uh, we talked through like intention and why are you here and what do you want to get out of it? And then are you taking it seriously? And um, so, yeah, from there we did a beautiful ceremony where we uh, blessed the mushrooms and she did an energy clearing of the space and we set an intention and we did some chanting and then we laid in savasana for as long as we could stay inward um and just saw all the nice messages and visuals and themes that the that the medicine was uh, providing that day um and you know I, I had some very massive insights that came out of that session and then i proceeded to do another two sessions um, with this woman, uh, the, the other two I actually hosted at my villa, uh, cause it was a little bit of a larger space and we had, uh, 12 participants each time with me being one of those. And I was like, wow, there's really something to this, you know? And, um, you know, after we finished those sessions, we would, we would sit in a circle and we would talk about our experiences and 
we would journal and then we would talk about how the integration period would work afterwards, which is, you know, how are you going to use these messages, these tools, these visions um, to make changes in your life? Um, you know, have you uprooted some themes or some situations that maybe you had been pushing down? Have you been able to address them? And then you know, what's next? So, uh, yeah, so that's how kind of how it went down. And, um, you know, I've just been kind of mind blown ever since by the power of these special fungi. Mm, that's awesome. They are so special. I can't, I mean, I haven't done all of the things that you have done with regards to ingesting other substances, but I feel like mushrooms have the most transformational effect to them. I mean, I haven't done ayahuasca yet, so they say that with ayahuasca too, but like you said, more gentle, you can get the same lessons. The easier, softer way to get to the other side of the veil, right? Because ayahuasca is very physically demanding. Now, I've never done ayahuasca yet, but uh, I understand that there's some physical demands there, and um, it's just, you know, the, the, it's a very powerful substance. So I think mushrooms are kind of like ayahuasca light, I guess. So what, uh, what insights did you get from your um, either previous <laughs> or most recent experiences? So many. So, I mean, the most recent was like last week, I guess. Sick. Last week, yeah, me and my friend decided just to do a little bit of tea on a sun last Sunday evening. And we didn't realize that when you, you know, put or uh, mix psilocybin with lemon, it amplifies the effect. Mm. Good to know <laughs> that somewhere. Uh, pro tip, pro tip number one from the podcast, lemon and psilocybin, amplifying uh, effect. Yeah, wild. So we only did like a gram, but it felt like three or four. I'm like, oh shit, I wasn't expecting this. But it's funny because you got to have no expectation, like you said. But it was, um, it was definitely interesting. There were things that came up for me. Like I was seeing a lot of not great things and I'm like okay this is cool and instead of just like fighting it I'm like hey lean into it what mm -hmm. is it don't be scared but like I saw I don't want like it kind of looked demonic to be honest like demonic entities around the right side of the house and then there was like these fractals and all these geometrical shapes but then this demonic figure was like two-dimensional that makes sense and she was it was it looked like a woman and it was mm -hmm. kind of freaking me out and i'm like oh what what is this i don't know and i'm like okay you could like hang over there don't come near me please like this is my space boundary it was really weird um a flattened two-dimensional <laughs> shamanic woman or uh, dem <laughs> demonic woman yeah demonic it wasn't mm -hmm. like it wasn't very friendly so that was interesting and we yeah time seemed to go by really slow and then I had these loops going through my head like I kind of get stuck on ideas sometimes of like I guess patterns that I need to address so it was one big theme for me was like okay you're doing the same thing over and over again and mm. you want something different and I'm like, well, why do I do that <laughs> mm. <laughs> I mean like it was just so clear in that moment to me that it was like, okay, that needs to change. How? I'm not sure. That's how we do the integration part. Because I think that's what a lot of people miss too, is like they, they have this experience with mushrooms and then they don't know how to deal with what happened. And they right. Yeah. 
Well, you don't take the time to interpret it sometimes, or maybe I don't, you know, I mean, if, if, if I'm doing it purely in a recreational setting, you know, it's, they say bad trip, right? But really, there's no bad trip. I mean, psilocybin is digging up, you know, digging into the nether reaches of the mind and pulling things out that need to be exposed. And maybe that uh, demonic figure represented something in your life that continues to hang around or something that you need to address. And it's just up to you to interpret that. But it's never a bad trip. Um, it could be a very inconvenient time to have a challenging experience with psychedelics, right? Like I remember one time I was at a surf trip down in Cape Hatteras with a bunch of guys from college. Everybody ate mushrooms and we're starting to, you know, this is a purely recreational setting and uh, we're starting to get, you know, lift off and dude's younger brother and super younger sister walk in the door and I'm like, oh, I'm not ready to hang out with your siblings on these, you know, I'm fully exposed here. Um, you know, you have to have the proper set mindset going into this and the proper setting, the proper, you know, you don't want to be in a place that has, you know, access to the outside world or people that don't understand what's going on. I mean, you are, you're open, you're fully exposed, you're open to the spiritual realm. And, um, so you really need to make sure that your mindset going in is proper and the setting is proper and comfortable and safe. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I started to kind of go get into my mind, get into my head about some things. And I had to excuse myself and retreat to a room for like three hours and, um, and just deal with some of the things that were going through my mind. But it wasn't a bad trip. It was just a very inconvenient time to have a challenging experience to dig things up. So, but I dealt with it. And three hours later, everybody came back from the beach bonfire and pulled the covers down from over my face. My eyes were wide open and I was just like, hi. And I felt a lot better, right? So um, it wasn't really a bad trip. It was actually a very in, in, enlightening experience. But um, yeah, set and setting are huge. I believe that, yeah, every trip that you experience is exactly what you need in that moment. And we just put the meaning on top of it, good, bad, or whatever. But you get what you need to get out of it. Yeah, for sure. So... But, you know, besides the, so, I mean, those experiences were really what, I guess, intrigued me and kind of opened me up. And then, um, you know, after college, I, I took on a career in the pharmaceutical industry. I worked for two of the largest pharma companies in the world. And, you know, I was studying patient populations and um, launching medications and, you know, learning how to communicate with these patient populations to help them understand the benefits of the drug. And these are pharmaceutical drugs now. And, um, you know, the importance of compliance and persistence with the medication. And so, you know, I was in a marketing role centered around educating patients about the benefits and the use um, of these drugs. So, you know, fast forward to, to today, um, I have a branding and marketing services company that focuses on the, in the cannabis industry. And uh, I continually create brands. So, you know, it's funny, the, the experiences of psilocybin and LSD and psychedelics back in the day and just understanding that there was therapeutic purpose to these, you know, I got, I, I caught wind of all of the news that's currently coming out about psychedelics in the mental health space. And, uh, you know, this has been going on for quite a while, um, but, you know, it kind of renewed my interest in these, in these, um, in these substances. And so I've been studying heavily 
on them over the last few months. And I've actually started to create some conceptual brands, psilocybin brands to um, focus on, you know, mental health disorders such as PTSD, depression and anxiety, addiction, and end of life existential fear. You know, you get diagnosed with a terminal illness and you figure like, this is gonna suck until I die. But, um, you know, there, there are some very prominent um, organizations and institutions, Johns Hopkins University being one, and the MAPS, M-A-P-S, uh, organization here in Santa Cruz, it's doing um, clinical trials on these. And so I've kind of just recently kind of taken into learning as much as I can about this field and uh, trying to understand how products can be developed to um, meet the needs of these patient populations because uh, we have a mental health crisis going on globally. Depression and anxiety is way up and the rates of suicide are way up and the rates of addiction are way up. And so um, I think that this psychedelic renaissance, if you will, could be a potential solution to help our brothers and sisters out there who are really struggling. Yeah, I've read some of the uh, literature saying with regards to mushrooms in the mental health field for example like when you were working with um pharmaceutical drugs and like there's a a continuation that you have to keep taking these drugs whereas in like some of these studies they found that only like one two or three uses and it helped you tremendously and you didn't have to get or go back or get addicted to the medicine if you will yeah that's right yeah compliance and persistence get on our drug, Mm -hmm. stay on it forever, Mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, specific to the class of drugs, which they call SSRI, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, Um, big, big business for pharma, you know, and they put people on these to quote unquote, uh, stabilize their brain chemistry. And uh, what they're finding is that they're really not working. Sometimes it takes years to get into a state of, you know, mental homeostasis and uh, the side effects are pretty bad, you know, decreased libido, sluggishness, loss of appetite. And so um, the class is just not working. So, you know, I think with psychedelics, it's more or less, let's address the problem. Isn't that a novel concept? (laughs) Yeah, we just put band-aids on everything. Like that's, but that's what the, the industry is. Like I remember, like I was suffering with candida for a long time and I always went to my doctor and I'm like, can you help me? And she's like, Oh, take this pill, take this pill. And I'm like, yeah, but why is it happening to me? Like right. put the bandaid on it. I don't want to be taking these pills. Like, why does this happen? You know, it's like, sure. And <laughs> in, the, in the case of, all right. So like, let's just look at like depression, right? What's the cause of depression? The cause of depression in a very simple form psychologically is you can't let go of the past and you're too afraid of the future, right? So you can't live in the present moment and take gratitude for what you have now, which is a breath, um, a life, uh, a life force. And I mean, as, as minimal as it might, may be in terms of, you might not have a lot of materialistic things. It's like, what do we have? We have nature, we have each other, we have togetherness, we have this beautiful sunset. So, you know, depression is, is, is tough because you're living in the past, you're living in the future, you're never living in the present. So there's the anxiety that comes along with that. Um, addiction, right? I'm a recovering alcoholic, right? So it's the shame and guilt that I carried around for years that wanted me to, to, you know, put me into a situation where I was blacking out, where I was just trying to escape the problem. 
And I remember everybody, you know, people would say, oh, you're just trying to escape it. Like another drink's not going to do anything. Your problem's never going to go away. And I was like, yeah, whatever. But again, it's just, you never address the core issue. Why do you feel inferior? Why is there self-confidence issues? What's your inner child saying to you, you know? And so, you know, psychedelics, um, I, in my interpretation, is it, it, at a high dose in a therapeutic setting, um, it allows the patient to dig in there and, and pull these themes out and address them. You know, um, you know, maybe this is a story that you've been carrying since, you know, you're a child that you didn't get the love and attention that you felt you deserved or needed from your parents. So you think that you're inferior. Well, that's not the case. So, you know, the psychedelics along with, um, you know, assisted psychotherapy will allow you to understand what the hell is holding you down and holding you back. Okay, let's pull it out. All right, let's address it. Let's help you get on, you know, stand firmly on the ground moving forward and um, let's try to find some new thought patterns and behaviors that can help you alleviate some of this tension and stress that you're feeling the need to you know either bug out about on a daily basis when it comes to depression and anxiety or blackout on a daily basis as it comes to like you know um, drugs and alcohol. Yeah I mean I can speak for myself too I used to black out on drugs and alcohol since I was like 13 years old all the way up till 27 so it's like alcohol has never gave me the insight that just only a few uses of psilocybin has and yeah like i said in the last year 2020 that's what people had to do they had to like go in and not work and distract themselves and then a lot of a lot of people you know got depressed or still are depressed on different types of drugs drinking their self silly and it was like, okay, I, I can't do that. I'm not doing that. I choose not to drink and escape. So let's go in. Like that's the reason we can't go anywhere. So a journey inward. And yeah, there was a couple dark moments of 2020 where I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. Mm. And it was like, I hadn't had that thought in a very long time. Like I had that thought when I was a teenager. Mm. like your hormones and shit I think <laughs> thinking back it was a long time ago since I had those thoughts come up in my mind and then yeah last year those were there and thank god I had people that love me and that also feel the same way about mushrooms to like journey through them and have a like a ritual experience and not so much use them for party recreational but again yeah really set the intention what do you want to get out of it respect the medicine and figure it out <sighs> Sure. Yeah. And then did. So you're telling me that in 2020, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. You yourself were in a depressive state. Mm -hmm. You knew that there was something that needed to be resolved and needed to be uncovered. And so you turned to psilocybin mushrooms on like a home basis. And you started to sort through some of this stuff and it lifted the veil of depression to the point where you didn't want to kill yourself. Yes. That's that's a massive success story right there. (laughs) Case closed, podcast over, cue the music. (laughs) What is it? Ding, 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 ding. Something about walking to the beat of your own drum, right? (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. Because really, who doesn't want to dance to the beat of their own drum? No, that's amazing. My respect. Wow. Uh, Yeah, so it's like I... And it's interesting too, like I just want to talk about it because like uh, you and I both don't drink alcohol and we've kind of been in and out of the program um, 
mad respect to the program too and the 12 steps of the like 12 steps of alcohol everybody in the world should do it it should just be part of the educational curriculum in my opinion it's a framework for living yeah you exactly. don't have to be an addict or an alcoholic to benefit from it exactly mm -hmm. i uh when it's interesting to know that they're like yeah sober no any mind mind altering substances from the neck up and it's i i I don't know how much I agree with that in the sense that like with psilocybin, for example, like I know so many dry drunks that are just not happy and are just going through the motions because they have to or else like their life, their wives will leave them or they'll lose everything, you know, and then, then they take, um, yeah, pills, antidepressants to make them feel semi normal. But it's like, I feel like this type of medicine this work would benefit so many of them but it's like this back and forth like oh i can't take any mind-altering stuff like that'll make me not sober do you know what i'm saying it's like totally i str i've struggled with that for years i mean my I, my family is staunch aa representatives with um <clears throat> good benefit in terms of abstinence but yeah the no mind or mood altering substances really got to me you know, AA is great. And I've spent a lot of time, you know, doing the 90 meetings in 90 days has gotten me out of really shitty, dangerous places in my life. But, you know, I, I take the parts that um, I really like from the 12 step program. I have done the steps, the mind, the no mind mood altering substances thing. I bend a little bit um, because I am using psychedelics therapeutically occasionally. And I do use cannabis um, a few times a week. But uh, I've removed all of the what I consider non-beneficial drugs from my life. So any any substances that we're taking, I felt were taking more than they were giving, or were more of a lower vibrational. Like alcohol is very lower vibrational for me. I believe it has no redeeming value or qualities to it. Uh, same with you know cocaine. And um, luckily, I never went down the path of some of the real hard stuff like the meth and the heroin and the crack and the ice and all that. God. I don't know. I don't know why, because I was a very destructive youth. Um, and I, you know, I, I had a lot of traumas that I still have, you know, yet to resolve. But, um, you know, my, my use of cocaine and alcohol was about as, as bad as it got. And it was pretty bad. But, um, you know, I've removed those. I still um, will include some substances that I think are beneficial in my kind of protocol. And it's working for me today. I'm sober now. Um, chronic relapser so it's been over a course of 15 years but I have two years now and uh, yeah I, I do attribute some of that to the psychedelics being able to give me some perspective um, maybe take a step back you know they, they say ego dissolution right so you get to a state with some of these heroic doses where you just become nothing you become molecules right you become just one with the energetic vibration of the planet um, and so all these like earthly concerns kind of melt away when you hit, reach that ego dissolution point. Um, and for me, it kind of just clears out some of the bullshit that really doesn't matter. And some of the stories that spin in my head on a daily basis that are not helpful or serving to my primary purpose. So yeah, do, do what's best for you. Obviously I'm not here to make any suggestions. I'm no expert or doctor, but I'm just sharing my experience. And, um, that's, I feel pretty, pretty fucking good today, honestly. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah, there was a few times where I had that experience where I was like in the grass. I could not feel my body, like where my body started and where it mm -hmm. ended. I like just in the earth and I'm like, wow, I'm like, I could literally die and I'm, I'm cool with it. Like, 
couple times. I'm like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it was so awesome. It was such a ego dissolution. Yeah. You're just want then you realizing that you're not an individual. There is no ego. This the world doesn't revolve around us, right? That's uh, that's breaking news for me. I'm a narcissist. <laughs> I'm an egomaniac. I have been. I was corporate swinger with the, you know, watches and the suits and everything back in the day. But um, yeah, we're just one organism here. We're all part of something. This is the collective. And I think that uh, you, you, you get closer to understanding that under the influence of psychedelics. Um, I think you, I think for me also, my heart becomes open. Um, my compassion switch turns on and um, yeah, I just, I just find an outpouring of gratitude for you know for 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 life and for where i'm at me too very grateful so you're saying earlier that you have this brand in this field mm, yes well yeah. my company is branding and marketing services so we have a few cannabis products in our portfolio and now we're working on creating some let's call them quote unquote conceptual psilocybin brands um, just to try to dip our feet in the water here and uh, get ahead of the curve. I live in Santa Cruz, California. We've recently decriminalized psilocybin, Oakland, California, up the Bay also decriminalized uh, Oregon, the entire state, all drugs decriminalized Washington, DC decriminalized um, Denver, Colorado, all drugs. In Oregon? Just Oregon. All drugs decriminalized. So you can, oh. you know, if you get caught with a small personal amount of whatever substance, they're, they're just, they're just going to fine you. They're not going to throw you in jail. So, but, you know, with that and with this uh, regulatory change, um, you know, there's some of us that are starting to position to figure out, you know, how can we help people? How can we get involved? I mean, there are some pharma companies and some biotechs that are doing some great research. And, um, you know, there's some of us in the communities here call ourselves little uh, underground communities that uh, are, are learning about um, how we can best use these substances to help, like I said, our fellow man and woman um, in, in this time of need. If we can't, you know, this is a time to step up and, and lend a hand. And if we can try to figure out how to first help people um, control the mind, understand the mind, get into a, a place of satisfaction, and I think everything else falls into place. So um, so yeah, we're doing some research from a branding perspective in the field currently. Very cool. Let's talk a little bit about that, like in, with uses too, because like the, um, up here in Canada, the microdosing mushrooms is becoming kind of mainstream and a thing and an avenue for people to kind of get off the, <laughs> the pharma. And yeah. Oxycontin, heroin. Yeah. Yeah and do that instead um so i don't know if you have any knowledge on that subject sure so uh where do i start here um yeah so you know the microdosing in the bay area has been prevalent for a decade or more right so like all the coders and programmers here and there's just um, you know, a lot of people in the tech field, there, you know, there's almost a company culture in some of the big tech companies out here to microdose because, uh, you know, they see great benefit as it comes to like creativity, quieting the mind, focus, um, you know, being, um, feeling more immersed in your work. And so, you know, big tech, small tech, whatever you want to call it here in the Bay Area has been proponents of microdosing for a long time. 
I'm going to step back a little. I'm just going to talk about like the four different kind of categories of uses that I see, like kind of in my world here. So, you know, we've already talked about like the full on recreational, right? So concert, festival, you know, coming of age, you're young, you want to, you want to experiment with mind expansion. Uh, you want to sit around with some friends like on a weekend night and, you know, instead of going low vibrational with the alcohol, you want to get high vibes with, um, you know, psychedelics. So like we have like the fully recreational, uh, kind of uh, segment of the market, if you will. Then you've got kind of home-based therapeutic, which is, sounds like that's kind of what you and you used, kind of the home-based therapeutic, where maybe you get some mushrooms, um, and then you set an intention, and you have a safe, secure situation where you know you're 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 kind of looking inward, and you're using them for more therapeutic purposes. Uh, and then you've got, you know, assisted therapeutic use. So there are, uh, there are many psychotherapists here in the Bay. They're kind of an underground network because it is still a schedule one, uh, drug here in the U S meaning that there is no medicinal value, no therapeutic value. And, uh, it's highly addictive. That's how it's classified. Ooh, uh, eyes. Yeah. So, I mean, we have to be kind of careful about, uh, you know, but yeah, how does that even how does that even work? You guys are like underground, but helping people, but like they just have faith that they won't get ratted out by these people. Like, what if one of these people are undercover cops? Like, that's so interesting. I think that a lot of the communities that I come in contact with here believe that the value and the the, the reward far outweighs the risk. I mean, where else do these heroin addicts, opiate addicts, depressive, suicidals have to go? Nothing else is working, right? So you kind of have to be a little pioneering and take a leap of faith. I think also, you know, people are starting to realize that, come on, like heroin and cocaine are schedule one drugs. They're highly addictive with no therapeutic uh, benefits. Right. I think the psychedelics are misclassified, you know, in the fifties, when we first discovered uh, these substances and in the sixties, when we kind of had a little bit of, um, you know, the counterculture started to kind of bubble up and, you know, governments got a little bit scared that there, we'd have a, a whole you know, rogue uh, group of free thinkers, free thinking <laughs> society. And it, I think it really scared them. So they went ahead and stuck psychedelics in the highly illegal and dangerous category. And then, you know, you saw the propaganda come up of like, you're going to fly out a window and you can kill yourself or you may permanently go into a state of schizophrenia. And there was all these, you know, crazy promotional videos where people were like, ah, this stuff is scary and super illegal. So let's stay away. You know, That's exactly what happened. They wanted to do that so they can control the population, keep them in fear and be scared because it's so mind expanding compared to the ones that are illegal. It's just wild. It's like everything we know is actually just turn it around. Whatever you were told is the opposite. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different interpretations. It, it does boggle my mind. Yeah. personally that alcohol is like so widely available and so heralded and it's so destructive it's it's just it's such a dangerous drug if there's any drug that needs to be prescribed it should be alcohol mm -hmm. i mean you really should see a psychiatrist and get cleared as a somebody who has a stable mind and has been able to do some inner work and can be in a position where you can use alcohol in moderation freely because for those who you know have issues and i've been there um, it is super dangerous. It's very addictive. It's so easily available. And I, I wonder if it's just made so available to kind of hold us down. And, you know, I think that, you know, when you talk about power, power struggle, I mean, a population that's sick, 
overweight, addicted, depressed, low self-esteem, um, and dependent is, uh, is an easier to control population than a free thinking, free spirited, you know, high vibe, um, you know, uh, very confident, strong-minded society that maybe want to challenge the status quo or maybe make some drastic changes about how we live as a society. So, yeah, I mean, we could get into a whole topic on that. <laughs> that was a tangent. I don't want to go on a tangent. Yeah, exactly. But but like I said, you know, the, in terms of like uses, you got the full-blown uh, uh, recreational, you have at-home therapeutic, you have assisted therapeutic, um, with a, a, a trained guide or a caretaker or even a psychiatrist in one of these underground communities. And then you've got this microdosing um, kind of tract that we talked about. And that's just taking minuscule doses, what they call subperceptual. You can't even perceive it. You may forgot you take you took it, you know, you're doing it with your daily vitamins. But what they're finding with the microdosing um, regimen is uh, about four days a, a week of microdosing over about a two to three month period can show marketed improvement in mood enhancement, um, decrease in depression and anxiety, and um, just a general overall sense of connectedness with nature and, um, and your community. So are you, do you currently microdose? I do. I've, I'm on month three now of my regimen and I there's a couple different protocols. Uh, some say every other day, some say one day on, two days off, one day on, two days off. And then uh, some say four days on, three days off. So the key is just to not take it every day. You're, you're, you can build up a bit of a tolerance. It is interacting with serotonin receptors. So I take it when I feel I need it. And I try to take it about four days out of the week. And then on the, my days off, I typically take a 5-HTP supplement, which is also a mood enhancer and it helps with um, replenishment and resetting of the um, serotonin neurotransmitters. So um, in three months of taking psilocybin microdose at around a 0.25 uh, gram dose, about a quarter of a gram for four days out of the week, um, I feel great. I feel like I feel more energetic. I feel like uh, I'm able to get things done in a more succinct fashion. Um, I'm not as distracted, you know. Um, I don't know. I'm just general sense of well-being. I, I think, you know, thoughts of like guilt and shame and like just general bullshit that rattles around in my mind. I feel like I'm I'm better able to to just observe them rather than emotionally attached to them and kind of like chuckle at them and let them slide by. So, um, you know, that's my personal account and, um, I'm going to stick with it. Cool. I've done it very irregularly. And I think it was because I was like, Oh, this is it hard. How one day off, three days off. What? Huh? But I mean, I'm just being lazy. I have some from a, a local company here, so maybe I'll try it out and see. But I had taken some a few before, like going into work or teaching a yoga class. And you just, you feel, I, well, for me, I felt extremely happy, open, just generally nicer. <laughs> yeah, general mood enhancement. You know, and it's like, you have to kind of taper your dose. So everybody's going to react differently. So there are some microdoses that are at a 0.1 gram. There's some at a 0.2. I take a 0.25. There's a 0.3. So you just have to like figure out what is best for your needs. Um, when I microdose, I like to feel a little bit of the come up 
Um, so like, I feel like an energy and a heat building in my chest. I'm not to the stage of yawning. You know, when you take a high dose of uh, psilocybin mushrooms, you're, like, <gasps> you're not tired. It's just your body's opening up to the spirit world, as I like to say. I don't get to that stage, but I get to the stage where like colors are a little brighter and edges are a little sharper. So, um, but I'm, you know, seasoned psychedelics, um, you know, aficionado or whatever you want to call it. So I've, I've been there, done that. So um, I can handle that. I think for like more like noobs, like people that are just getting into it, you know, start at the lowest dose possible and then kind of taper your way up until you reach a dose that suits your needs, you know, and obviously if you're like driving and you need to be around like other normies, people that aren't microdosing or if you're reporting somewhere, um, yeah. you definitely want to make sure that you're not, um, you're, 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 you're not, you don't have perceptual effects. So, you know, like, um, right. Like the, the grain in the wood floor starts moving or like trees start <laughs> breathing at you, you know, save those doses for the weekends. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that'd get a little squirrely if you're out and about. No, imagine if you're in the office and you're taking like, you know, you thought you took like a 0.25 like microdose, but you actually took like a 2.5 and it's just like your boss is there in the office. You're like, oh my God, your face is melting. You know, it's like something crazy happens. I mean, and that really is, you know, there's no toxicity issues with psilocybin or LSD. These are, nobody's ever died from overdosing on LSD or psilocybin. The problems come in when you're taking it in places that you shouldn't be taking it around people that, you know, you, you don't need to be around under an altered state. Now, on the microdosing side, that might not be an issue, but, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a fine line between sub-perceptual and perceptual, and you really have to kind of start slow and understand, um, you know, your mindset and the setting that you're going into with these, um, because you wouldn't want to get yourself in a situation where, you do something that's, you know, uncanny or out of the ordinary when you didn't want to do that, you know, walk into work, like I'll shrew me one day, like on a medium sized dose and be like, this place is horrible. We need to make major changes around here. <laughs> cubicles just aren't working for anybody. That's like, we're rats in cages. Let's all start to break these things down. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Not the time or the place, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the next day HR calls you up, you know, we're going to need to have a conversation with you. <laughs> so, what the fuck was that? What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, set and setting for sure. I was actually the very first time I ever did a dose. I was at a music festival and I, uh, yeah, I don't know if I recommend that fully because shit was weird i was like Ugh. bad time to have a challenging experience yeah a little bit it was just like mm. i didn't know what to expect and then yeah stuff was moving the tent was breathing and it was breathing to the music and i'm like oh god and then you yeah, started to hear voices and i'm like oh my god it's the devil like a, and i'm like i'm i'm the controller of this like just don't listen to it think of something else so i was like yeah if you don't have like the experience or knowledge and just going into it a little bit without, you know, the set and setting. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it. Like with anything though, do your homework, right? Exactly. Just do some research and, you know, and, and be around people that maybe have experienced um, or be around a trip sitter that maybe is, you know, if you're going on the higher dose uh, route, you know, maybe someone's there that's not on them. 
that can kind of moderate. And, um, you know, mm -hmm. like if you're down at the beach and you're having a wonderful mystical experience, somebody is there to kind of keep other people away, right? Like imagine a group of girls just like kind of tripping and having this like amazing heart opening experience and like a bunch of dudes come over like, hey man, let me get your number, you know, and it kind of freaks you out. So it's <laughs> like, it's good to have somebody there that can kind of moderate that. Um, with my very first podcast episode, I had David and Miles on and they were talking about what they did. Um, they did a mushroom journey with these men called the journeymen. Shout out Rob and Gary. You guys are dope They're on my podcast too. But they, they give you this experience. It's like three day kind of shamanic experience with mushrooms, but you journey with them like four weeks before what you want to work on all this stuff. And then they help integrate after. So it's like a 12 week process, which I would love to do with them. That's amazing. Yeah. They're really cool people. So they're called the journeymen. So Oh, I want to do this. Where is it? Here in Canada. In Canada? Yeah, they go to, oh. uh, they go to, well, I don't know if they still do, but they were going to Salt Spring Island for the journeys. Have you been there? I've well, never been there. Neither. I heard it's a magical place. Just bringing it back around, you know, it's like, yeah. I, I, I really appreciate you having me on today. And, yeah. you know, I'm just like anyone else who probably a lot of us have been out there and have, have kind of gotten in tune with these with this psychedelic class of substances based on recreation. And, you know, some of us kind of got a tap on the shoulder saying, hmm, there's some therapeutic benefit to this. Um, and then here we are uh, where the whole therapeutic kind of movement and the psychedelic renaissance is upon us. And so I think, you know, people are searching for more information. And so that's really where I'm at. You know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor. Um, just a marketing and branding guy. And, um, but you know, we have a, an educational resource out on Instagram. Uh, we just set a page up. It's, it's uh, at ancient remedy underscore silo for psilocybin. So that's ancient remedy underscore P S I L O. And that uh, page just started, but we're hoping to um, populate that feed with a lot of information on you know, kind of the historical ceremonial uses of, of psilocybin, you know, psilocybin mushrooms have been around for 650 million years. They're ancient. Um, they've been used in modern day civilization for thousands of years. And, you know, especially down in, in Mexico, um, the Mayan tradition has a lot of ceremonial uses of psilocybin, a lot of the, you know, Kate, cave uh, writings and some of the stonework in some civilizations in South Africa, in Southern Australia and in Mexico depict, um, you know, these almost religious ceremonies with um, in Mexico, you know, curandera or, um, you know, uh, shaman uh, that uh, have helped shape society. So we're trying to bring some of that information to light and uh, offer uh, ancient remedy underscore silo as an educational resource for people that kind of want to take this journey with us. You know, we're, we're just getting into it too. Um, so come and check us out and let's heal together. Yes, exactly. Healing together. You know, if anything over the last 12 months, if, if it's taught me personally, anything is, uh, that I am responsible for my mindset, you know, and it's up to me and the information that I take in and the people that I choose to be around and the energies that I, you know, decide to keep um, in my spectrum are all going to influence my state of mind. And so 
um, you know, I'm trying to find ways to keep the bad vibes out and allow the good vibes to come in, stay where it's warm and retreat from areas that are cold. And, um, you know, this, this, this field really just gives me a lot of warmth because if I can share this information and if we can try to work with people here locally to get into some groups and to have some, you know, uh, group consciousness around taking a look at the problems that we as individuals are facing fears, anxieties, uncertainty, doubt, that's leading to behaviors, addiction, isolation, um, and can help provide some perspective with education on psychedelics or even the psychedelics themselves. Um, you know, that, that would make me feel really good and make me feel like I have a purpose here because at the end of the day, it's like, as a society, we're in a huge shift. So for me, it's like, what's my role? What's my part? How can I help? And so um, I think this is the, this is the path. I think it is too. I think it is, yeah, we need the paradigm shift and more people are starting to see that. And I really believe that this medicine is going to help expand our consciousness and expand our awareness of, yeah, our connection with everybody and how actually we are connected to this earth, to the people, to the animals, to the fungi. Apparently we're more fun, we have more fungi uh, cells in us than we do plants, right? We're more related to the mushrooms than we are plants. We are descendants oh. of fungi. Wild, yeah. Uh, everyone should go watch uh, Fantastic Fungi. Just watch Fantastic that. Fungi, that's a great that's movie. So good. It's so good, if you have, yeah. I've, my one takeaway from talking with you is that documentary that was wild i was like oh my gosh i was so hopeful for the future they're using mushrooms even to like get rid of like oil spills and waste and oh that's it watch fantastic fungi yeah go ahead and get michael pollan's book how to change your mind mm -hmm. and then dm us at ancient remedy underscore silo and let's chat about this let's kind of grow together in our knowledge base i think those are some great uh kind of key takeaways next steps and then once we're all healed from our elements when we come out of the shame and the guilt and all the heavy things that are weighing us down then and only then will we go to a music festival together and use psychedelics recreationally and have a wonderful experience as one dancing, singing, happy group of humans. Let's go! <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> oh, awesome, Jeff. Thanks for coming on. Loved everything we talked about. Shannon, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course. Namaste. Blessings. Bye-bye.